And now, The Mentors Radio, one of the most popular and unique shows on the air today. Here each week, remarkable CEOs and leaders, including host Tom Laurie and Dan Hesse, and their guests will mentor you, challenging your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their ethical leadership and advice, and for helping others succeed throughout their careers, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Learn more and check out the show notes at TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. And now, here's your mentor. Welcome. I'm Tom Laurie, and I'll be your host today. Thank you for joining. Death steals everything but our stories. That is, of course, unless we choose to have the last word. Today, our guest mentor is James Bob Haggerty, who over the past 40 years has worked as a reporter, editor, and bureau chief for the Wall Street Journal. Today, he is the paper's only full-time obituary writer. Each week, he writes three or four obituaries examining extraordinary lives he has discovered of both the famous and the obscure. His article, An Obituary Writer Writes One for Himself, got an outpouring of reader, reader responses and inspired his most recent book, Yours Truly, An Obituary Writer's Guide to Telling Your Story. Today, we're going to talk about how to make your life story Make sure it's not boiled down to just a few lines after you die, leaving things to chance. Your obituary is almost certainly to be solemn, formulaic, and full of errors. So join me in welcoming today's guest mentor, James Haggerty, who goes by Bob. So I'll be addressing him as Bob throughout the show. So let's start with a little reset and talk about Bob has been on the show before, a couple of years ago, actually. Uh, what do you think it is about obituaries that attracts readers? Well, I think uh, in today's world, you know, if you look at the front page, it tends to be pretty depressing. Um, and I tell people after you've read the latest horrors around the world, uh, cheer yourself up by turning to the obituary page, because that's where you're going to find some really more inspiring stories of people who often have uh, overcome far worse things than most of us and yet led successful and happy lives in the, for the most part. Uh, so I think uh, people often just enjoy reading about how other people coped with challenges and overcame obstacles. Uh, that's a good way to cheer yourself up. And what is it, uh, how did you come writing, uh, come to this aspect of your profession where you're specializing in writing about those that have died? Well, uh, by a roundabout way, uh, I was based in uh, Asia and Europe and in various parts of the U.S., and I mostly wrote about all kinds of business topics. Um, and I, I can tell you that uh, when I was covering business, uh, some of the big shots that I called up for help uh, didn't return my calls. But uh, now that I'm an obituary writer... <laughs> Some of those same big shots are dying to have me write about them. <laughs> so that's one advantage. But the, the reason I came to it was that I was based in London and I found myself reading obituaries in the British papers. And they tended to be very well written and amusing, not solemn. Uh, and they talked about the bad things and the strange things that happened, not just the glorious things. And I realized that uh, I was reading about people whose names I'd never heard before. 
but I found the articles really interesting. And that gave me the idea that I'd like to do that too. And when you're writing somebody's obituary, what are you trying to achieve? What is your goal? Well, I always say that I start out with some really broad questions. What is this person or what was this person trying to achieve in life and why? And then how did that work out? So why with all of that, and you're the guy with the great questions, and we'll get into that later, why should we write our own obituary or our own story? Well, what I found in writing obituaries was that I was often talking to the grown children of people who had died recently. And I was really struck by how much these children wanted their parents' story to be remembered, but how little they knew about that story. And I realized that if I could only have talked to the person I'm writing about, I could have had a much richer story. Uh, we often don't really know uh, some important things about even the people who are, we're closest to. For instance, my father, uh, he died in 1997. He was a newspaper editor and uh, his work has really determined a lot about my entire life. But I realized after he died that I didn't even know why he chose to go into journalism. And it's things like that, that as you grow older, seem more interesting to me anyway. You know, I don't want to just know what people did. I want to know why they did it and how they did it. And and you are the only one who can really tell much of your story. It's great to have comments from other people, but the original version is really the best. Well, one of the stories you tell in your book is about uh, Pete Carell, who's the former CEO of Georgia Pacific. Mm -hmm. And he... Well, tell he didn't. He ended up writing it, but talk a little bit about how how it got written, and then yeah, that's a very that's a very good example. He was a very interesting man. Uh, and he ran Georgia Pacific, a uh, uh, big lumber and building products company, and then in retirement, he got involved in a lot of charitable activities, including uh, arranging a financial rescue for the Grady Hospital in Atlanta, which treats poor people. This was a very difficult uh, task that he pulled off. Uh, and it was a great triumph. And he thought that really that was the most important thing he did in his life. Uh, well, people always told Pete that he should tell his story, including his family, but he just never got around to it. And finally, when he was on his deathbed and he could barely speak anymore, uh, his daughter sat down with him and he, she could still understand him somewhat. And she asked him questions and he slowly gave her answers and they couldn't really come up with a full story, but they did come up with a few paragraphs that were read at his funeral and they were what he wanted to say. And so even though that wasn't the full story that I might've liked and a lot of people might like, it was something. It was a lot better than nothing. So I always urge people to start early, but even if it's late, do whatever you can. So the, part of that is, is that if you write your story, you can have a role in how people remember you. Otherwise, somebody else is going to tell a different story. That's right. You know, and, th and they're going to tell a story about somebody you probably won't recognize. Uh, 
probably, you might sell them quite saintly because they won't want to write anything that might be construed as negative, but you'll probably also sound kind of boring. So we're going to come back and talk about uh, a little bit more about why and then how, and we're going to be back with James Haggerty, obituary writer for the Wall Street Journal. This is Tom Loy, and this is The Mentors Radio. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Loy, and I'm with The Wall Street Journal's obituary writer and author of Yours Truly, James Haggerty. We're talking about how to make sure your life story, which is a gift to your family and friends after you die, should be written. How, I mean, a lot of people probably struggle with how do you think, why, I mean, how can I write a story? How do I do that? How do I get started? What should I be right. thinking about? Yeah, well, that's that's a good question. And that is a hurdle for a lot of people. Uh, where would I start? Uh, you know, in my case, uh, I decided I'm just going to start at the beginning. So uh, I wrote that uh, my mother um, gave birth to me on a cool, rainy day in Minneapolis in July 1956. And then she smoked a cigarette. And this, the whole story flowed from there. You, you know, you could you could do it simply. You can just tell the story in chronological order, or you can do it complicated. You can start with some uh, dramatic moment and then work forward in time or backward in time. You can do it any way you want. It's important just to get started telling it. Uh, you don't have to really figure out in advance where it's all going to go. Uh, some people just write down some of their most vivid memories, things that they think were really important or interesting. And then they put a little, sometimes they put a little moral or life lesson at the end of each one. That's one way to do it. Uh, you can uh, do something very simple, like annotate some of your family albums so that uh, 30, 40 years from now, people will know who were those people and what were they doing? Uh, you can save things that uh, you've written already, old letters. Uh, some people still write letters or emails or even some of your social media postings. You know, most of what we put on social media is not worth keeping. But sometimes we write stuff that's pretty interesting about something that's happened to us. Uh, and it's good to save that, put it in a little file called uh, Life Story. Because... 40 years from now, people are not going to read through your 10,000 tweets and try to find out which were the most interesting. But you know which were the most interesting. Well, I've got a box that I've, over the years, I get several boxes now where I just drop things into the box. Uh, okay. That's they can come And they can come and look at it if they uh, choose to. I, I hope, my hope is to go through it myself and help edit that. So one of our guests is John Sidemer. He was uh, founder of the Council of Dads down in Florida and he has cancer, and they formed the council, and they're a little bit different, and they created a, a group of fathers mm -hmm. uh, that could impart wisdom to his children after he passed away. And part of what you stress with the writing of your own story slash obituary, it gives us a chance to impart some of that wisdom uh, to not only this generation, but future generations. Is, uh, maybe you could uh, elaborate on that and, and the value of that. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the things that's really lost when people don't write anything about their story. Uh, because if you've been around for 10, 20, 40, 80, 100 years, you've learned some stuff the hard way. 
And it's worth putting that down, explaining how you, you know, what kinds of problems you had, what kinds of mistakes you made, and how you recovered from those. That's valuable for your children, your grandchildren, for for anybody who might happen to find it. Uh, so that's why it's important uh, to talk about the bad things that happened as well as the good things that happened. Uh, you don't have to talk about all the bad things, but uh, you can talk about some of them. So my grandfather, you may remember, was the former executive editor of the Chicago Sun-Times. We grew up in uh, the newspaper business, mm -hmm. and he passed away back in the 50s. But my uh, niece, and I'm not sure where she did, she found a whole cache of letters that were written mm -hmm. uh, back in the uh, early 1900s when he became a junior reporter. And part of the story is, is that his father had gone off to Montana and was shot and killed in a bar fight. Mm -hmm. And we never, we heard the story, but we never really got the real story. So we've been going through all those letters from all the different relatives talking about it. So they're very valuable. Uh, I think this right. is the point you're getting at. It's really incredible to go back in time and see what people were concerned with and different relatives and what they were doing. Right. You know, we, we tell our children's stories and our friends' stories, uh, and we think, well, you know, they know that, but they're not taking notes and they're only going to remember about half of it. So if you've got some great stories, some interesting stuff, put it down, write it down in your own words or record it because that original version is going to have all of the details and the nuance that will be just lost if somebody else tries to remember it. This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to The Mentors Radio Show. We're with The Wall Street Journal's James Haggerty, who authored yours truly, An Obituary Writer's Guide to Telling Your Story. And another, uh, this last weekend, I watched on TV a story about a guy named Chris Snow, who's the assistant general manager for the Calgary Flames. I don't know if you know his story, but he's got ALS. Mm -hmm. And he's uh, done quite a job. He was, uh, they thought he would die within a year. He's out four years. But he's now because he still has time trying to, and he has been trying to dictate different uh, stories of his life for his, particularly with wisdom for his children. That's what he's doing it for. But I, mm -hmm. I, I thought that was interesting in light of uh, doing the show with you today uh, to see that there's another example of somebody out there. And I met, and you have many more examples. That, uh, that is interesting. My, my sister died of ALS when she was in her fifties and uh, we didn't really think about her story uh until it was too late uh and she had a very she had a very interesting life she lived in tokyo and new york and all over the place uh been through a lot of adventures about two days before she died when she couldn't really talk anymore she asked me to write her obituary this was long before i was an obituary writer and i really didn't know how it had to go about it i couldn't really ask her many questions so i had to go to linkedin and sort of fill in some of the career details, and I did my best, but uh, it really wasn't as good as it should have been. Um, so that's always made me think, you got to start early with these things. It's not something to leave for your deathbed. Um, and whether you're going to write your story or not, even when you're in your 20s and 30s, it's valuable to sit back every once in a while and think, what am I trying to do with my life? And uh, how is it working out? Because it's a good way to see if you're really on the right path to achieving something you want to achieve. So it's really a checkup. Definitely. 
Uh, you know, another, another barrier for a lot of people, and the reason people don't do this is they say, well, I'm not famous. You know, who's going to care? Hey, wouldn't that be kind of pretentious of me to be writing my life story? Well, no. It's a great gift that you're giving to your children, your relatives, your family, your friends. And it's a gift that only you can give. And if you don't give it, it's just gone. So whether it's two people who will be interested or a million people, it's still worth doing. And it's a gift. And you're not sure, I guess, uh, it could go generations if you have children and grandchildren. So to me, it's right. really you know, Samuel Samuel Pepys was not famous. Uh, and Anne Frank was not famous. But we're very lucky that they put down some of their thoughts and memories. What are some of the things that we shouldn't include? Well, I think people need to think carefully about what might hurt other people. Uh, so, you know, if you're if you want to talk about some of the things that went wrong, uh, you might want to just talk about what you did wrong rather than blame somebody else. Uh, or just avoid things that are going to hurt other people. Uh, tell it in a way that uh, reflects your experience without uh, hurting somebody else. And that, I think that's usually doable. And you mentioned a number of other things in the book. Uh, part of it is, is that uh, we can also, I mean, one of the things is why did your mother and father meet and how did they get married? Some of those details about how they fell in love, mm -hmm. uh, how you fell in love. Uh, mm -hmm. And then well, yeah, what, what to include is, is a very long list and you can go on and on. But I think this question of why and how is always important. You know, why did you choose this career? Uh, and and how did that work out? And if you changed it, why did you change it? Um, and how did how did you meet your spouse and decide to get married? Or, or how did you decide to stay single? Um, all of these things are interesting. And I'm I'm sure you also encourage people to write about the dark times and how they weathered the storm. Certainly, yeah, that's some of the most interesting parts of anybody's story. All right, we're going to come back. We're out of time for this segment. We'll be right back with James Haggerty, obituary writer for the Wall Street Journal. You can listen to shows, past shows, by going to our website, thementorsradio.com. Click on list of shows and subscribe while you're there so you don't miss any future shows. That's thementorsradio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Lohr, and I'm with The Wall Street Journal's obituary writer and author of Yours Truly, an obituary writer's guide to telling your story, James Haggerty. So with the book, now that it's out, what has been the response to the book? Well, pretty favorable, I think. Uh, a lot of people have told me they found it helpful. Uh, a lot of people have thought about telling their story and just never got around to it or wondered how they would do it. You know, not everybody is going to do it. Some people are just not that interested in the past, including their own story. And so that's fine. But I think a lot of people and probably most people are interested in the past and would like to put together something. Uh, but it's hard for them to find the time or to find the, the way to get started. 
And so I, I hope my book will help people with that. Now, you have in your book a list of questions people can answer as they're writing their story. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have those in front of you. Maybe we could just pick a couple. I can go, I've got it in front of me. I could go through and just list some of these things. Okay. I, go ahead. Yeah. I'm, well, you start out, I mean, what I call drilling down is what are your earliest memories? What were your favorite favorite toys? Who were your first friends? What makes you laugh out loud, out loud? I love that question. That's a great, I mean, they're all great questions. What makes you cry? Uh, what was it like when you fell in love? Maybe you can go on and talk some more about these uh, other questions. I mean, you got a ton of good questions in here. Yeah, and that's just a, a small sampling. Uh, it, you know, what are your earliest memories? Uh, how how did you get on a particular career path? Uh, you know, what was your experience of being a parent if you were a parent? Uh, what advice would you give to your grandchildren? Uh, what were the most amazing things that happened to you and the funniest things that happened to you and the strangest things that happened to you? You've got to ask yourself a lot of questions. And some people might have trouble coming up with questions. You can get somebody else to help you with that. You can buy... Uh, apps for your phone that will send you a question every week and then you respond to those and those can be put into a book oh, uh, there really? are lots of, there's lots and lots of apps today uh, and companies that will help you write your life story um, and i'm sure some of those are, are valuable especially for people who really need a nudge um, so there is help you can hire a writer to help you uh, you could have your somebody just ask you questions and you talk uh, into a recorder. A lot of people do that. Um, if you do that, though, um, I think you should be, uh, you should make sure to do a transcript, a written transcript of the recording, because otherwise it's, it's likely to get lost or it's going to be on some format that people can't uh, handle 20 or 30 years from now. Um, and also when you do the transcript, then you and other people can read through it and figure out what do we need to explain in here? Because when we talk about things uh, with a friend or a family member, we tend to talk in shorthand. You know, we'll say, you know, remember that time that we were at the lake and Al skied into the dock? Well, we know who Al was and which lake we meant, but 40 years from now, people have no idea. So you got to fill in those details. Who was Al? What was the lake? So it's, it's important to be thinking about what will make sense to people who don't have the same context as we do? So the book has a lot of great stories of people and the writing of their own story, but the questions are uh, terrific. It's worth it for people just to buy your book to get the questions. I think that would be a great, great way to get them started. You also mentioned uh, Bob Green's book mm -hmm. in, in your book. You mentioned that. Right. And uh, I think Bob uh, also... If, maybe remind yeah, he, wrote, he wrote a book yeah he wrote an entire book of questions that's all it is questions that you could ask yourself uh in telling your story and it's a valuable resource and bob is a former uh well he's a journalist he's never former uh what was it the daily news in chicago he was based in chicago for a long time now he's he writes for all kinds of publications including the wall street journal Oh, I think he was, uh, back in my day, he was uh, the Daily News. And then there are a couple of other books out there, A Father's Legacy, and they also have A Mother's Legacy, 
which actually has questions and you can write things in the book. I guess that goes like to an app, which you'd get with an app. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one called the story of my life, which allows you to write in the book also uh, for various questions that uh, might be asked. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, what, are, what do you say to those people that just aren't, um, it's one of those, I, I'm a big journaler and I always talk to people about journaling and they, and they, they want to make it perfect. You don't have to make it perfect. Isn't it really just to get the ideas down? Definitely. Yeah. I think uh, people who worry too much about exactly how it should look and, uh, you know, are afraid of making a grammatical error or misspelling something that can really prevent you from doing anything. It's better just to dive into it and do it in your own voice. And you can come back later and try to improve it. If you get time, you can ask somebody to come and help you edit it. But the important thing is just to get started on it. Uh, You may never finish it. You probably never will finish it, but whatever you can get down there uh, will be a lot better than nothing. I certainly wish my dad had written a few things about himself. And uh, maybe you could talk just a bit about what writer's block is. I mean, people write and then all of a sudden they get this thing called writer's block. And I'm sure that comes in to play too at times. Yeah. I mean, somebody I quote in my book, uh, it was a guy who wrote about 500 books and uh, his his daughter told me, you know, carpenters don't get carpenter's block. Uh, they just get up and go do their job. And that's what writers have to do, too. Uh, you just have to get up and put your butt in the chair and start typing or writing. Um, that's That was his advice. And it's good advice. I think what you have to do is do it in short doses. You're not going to want to sit down for eight hours and try to write your whole life story. Maybe sit down for 15 minutes or half an hour or probably a maximum of an hour at a time and do it once or twice a week at a, at a time of day when you're relaxed and well-rested and just do it for that specified short period and then take a break. And between sessions of writing, you'll probably find that memories bubble up in your head. So you might want to carry a little notebook around and jot down some notes. That is easy. Uh, that always happens where something bubbles up and you fail to sit down and write about it. So we're going to come right back with James Haggerty, the obituary writer for The Wall Street Journal. You can find all of our show notes and links to books mentioned on this show at TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Lauren. I'm with The Wall Street Journal's obituary writer and author of yours truly, James Haggerty. And we're talking about why you should write your own obituary, as others will certainly make hash out of it. So uh, you can take it upon yourself and be proactive. So let's talk about one of the questions, how other pros do it and other people do write about themselves. Uh, and you have a whole host of examples in your book. But let's look at those people that tend to be writers and journalists on how they approach the subject and what we can learn from them. Uh, first one is uh, Mort Krim. Uh, he had an interesting story. Very interesting. Yeah. And he, he he told me that he really struggled to write down that story. It took him about five years, even though he was a, a journalist and had some experience with writing. 
And what was the experience that he had a hard time writing down? I mean, well, he was a uh, television news anchorman in uh, several cities, including Philadelphia and Detroit. So he was very well known in a few communities around the country. Um, he had a very interesting story in that he came from a family uh, that, that followed a very fundamental uh, Christian faith, very strict. And he grew up and uh, sort of rebelled from that faith, but uh, and, and it, it estranged him a bit from his family. And he went through lots of transformations in his spiritual thinking over the years. And he had some moral crises in his life. And that's what ended up sort of tying his book together. Um, how he found a career and how his spiritual life evolved uh, over his lifetime. Uh, and it, it just makes a very interesting story. So he found a really unifying theme for his life story. Other people might not find such a neat uh, theme, to, but it does help in some ways if you can think of some of the things that were most important to you and emphasize those and show how you developed in certain ways, how your thinking developed, how your life developed. You certainly don't have to write everything about your life. You're talking about pulling out those things that give an overarching theme about, again, who you are, where you were headed, and how did you do? Right, yeah. He, he made a, a very good selection, I think, of things that had happened to him. Some of them were kind of embarrassing. Uh, he threw them in there. I'm sure he left out other things. One thing he told me is that uh, he had mentioned, he, he wanted to mention some of the marital problems he had with his first wife. Uh, and before putting them into his story, he talked to his children and said, uh, what do you think? Because uh, he didn't want to hurt their feelings. And they they urged him to just be frank about it. In other right. cases, his might have told you something else. But he, I thought it was, he was wise to talk to them about it. And then there was Peter Kahn. Yeah, Peter Kahn was uh, a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter for the Wall Street Journal. Uh, won a Pulitzer Prize for his coverage of the Bangladesh War back in the 70s. Uh, and went on to become chairman and chief executive of Dow Jones and Company, which owns the Wall Street Journal. Um, and he also wrote his story. Uh, again, even though he'd done some pretty fantastic things and won, won a Pulitzer Prize and been a CEO of a company, very few people would know who Peter Kahn is. You know, if you walked, he, nobody would recognize him if he walked down the street. And so he might have said, you know, why should I bother with this? It's not going to be a bestseller. Uh, but he, he could see that his children and his grandchildren wanted to know more. And he knew he had really good stories. So he took the time to write his story. And being a really exceptionally good writer, it, it came out very well. And again, uh, he was pretty frank about some of the things he got wrong. Uh, without putting in all the gory details, but uh, he didn't pretend to be an angel. Uh, he was, uh, it was interesting the way he talked about his, the way his career developed. He was a great writer and reporter and somehow he got onto the executive track, uh, and was sort of almost against his will promoted and promoted and promoted until he was CEO. And in some ways, I think he regretted that. Huh. Uh, 
and and he wrote about that you know how how he missed being able to go out and just write stories rather than go to meetings and did his uh story get published or was it just something he did for his family he just did it for his family yeah i want to make that point because what you're talking about is people writing for their families and friends so no there's no need to go out and publish your memoirs it's a matter of doing it for the family right i mean a lot of people of course do publish memoirs and some of them do actually sell including some from people who are not famous but that's not going to happen for most people um and i think some people spend too much time worrying about you know, you know how would i make this a bestseller when really they should just be thinking you know i'm going to tell my story and then we'll see what we'll see who's interested in it and uh last uh nora ephraim you talk about her in the book as well right uh yeah i concluded her because she uh she wrote about a, a 30 word summary of her life story I, uh i'd have to go and play out of the book but it, it was pretty amusing uh she, i think she was uh trying to lampoon a little bit about people who write too much but at nora Ephron also went back and, and wrote some uh extensive things about her life very extensive and she wrote uh novels that were partly based on her life so we know a lot about her and then and you have a lot of uh good advice about writing itself uh i don't know if that's top of mind right now but i, I just number one think about what you're saying and we've already talked about the fact that it doesn't have to be brilliant writing make an outline um i don't know can you read off yeah, some of that? I think, yeah i think one mistake people often make is they start writing without really thinking about what they want to say uh so you want to sit down and think a little bit about not everything you're going to say but what are some of the important things that i'd like to say Do, what are some of the points i'd like to make and what are some of the most interesting things that have happened to me so i would advise you just to think about that a little bit and then just start jotting down notes, making a very rough outline. It doesn't have to be a fancy outline like you learned to do in junior high school. You just put a few notes. I'm going to cover this and this and this. You put them in any order. And then later on, you can think about, well, what's the logical way to do it? Which one should I talk about first? Uh, but you can just start writing any part of your story. And then later on, worry about how to stitch it together. Or leave it just, or just leave it unstitched together. And you, and you talk about, I think this is very important. Uh, and I know this is more the journalistic style is a short and simple sentences. Yeah. Keep it simple is a good idea. Uh, conversational, you know, you don't worry about using fancy words. Uh, you know, it's fine if you're clever uh, and come up with some nice phrases, but I think you don't want to try to, make every sentence brilliant uh you can you can overdo that you know people can only uh, cope with so much cleverness in every paragraph so just kind of straightforward is often the best and the best writing style is a writing style that does not call attention to itself you don't want the writer to be thinking about the style you want the reader just to enjoy the story and, and you want to make and you want to make it really clear uh so sometimes you have to ask somebody else to read it for you and say does this make sense we're going to come back and talk about that part in just a second this uh 
We're out of time for this segment. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with the Wall Street Journal's James Haggerty and our discussion about the need to tell your story before you die. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with the Wall Street Journal's obituary writer and author of yours truly, an obituary writer's guide to telling your story, James Haggerty. So when we, uh, in the last segment, we're talking about reading it out loud. You were talking about having somebody else read, but that's, it seems like that seems to be a pretty key idea is to read it out loud, have somebody else read it out loud. Yeah, well, certainly you should read it out loud, I think. I, I always try to do that because when you read something out loud, you noticed, you notice what's awkward. You know, you you notice what stops you uh, from a smooth progression, and that's that's where you can fix it. It's kind yeah. of a magical thing. I don't know why that works, but it really works well. Yeah, uh, yeah. other people can read it however they want to read it uh, aloud or silently, but they can tell you what they didn't really understand and say, "Couldn't you explain this a little bit better?" Or they can tell you this part was really boring. Uh, maybe you could reduce that part. Well, this is really, really fascinating. Why don't you write more about this? And I imagine the tone of the piece, making sure it's not like a thesis or some kind of a, uh, it comes through as well when you read it out loud. Definitely, yeah. So there are things you suggest that people can do as a source of inspiration, uh, just to get some ideas of maybe on threads or themes or whatever. And those would include? Well, one thing I include in my book is a list of some of the memoirs I've enjoyed over the years. Uh, there's so many great memoirs out there that you can go on and on, but I just listed a few. And I think sometimes reading other people's life stories will give you ideas about uh, telling your own story. Uh, you know, somebody will be writing about some minor thing that happened to him that was actually really fascinating. And that kind of reminds you of something that happened to you. Oh, yeah, I should tell about that. So I give some examples of good memoirs. Uh, one of them, is, or two of them, are by Roald Dahl, the uh, children's writer. Uh, it turns out that you know he not only wrote hilarious children's stories, but he was good about writing about himself. And he wrote a book called Boy about his early years. Uh, and then another one uh, called Going Solo about how he got into the oil business and then uh, fought in World War II in Africa. Um, and both of these stories uh, are excellent. Uh, another guy who wrote two stories about his life uh, was V.S. Pritchett, another British writer. Uh, you know, he, he talks about how he was trying to become a writer as a young man. He was he moved to Paris to, hoping to get inspired. He couldn't think of anything to uh, to write about. And uh, he came across, uh, he finally realized that if you had nothing else to say, you could write what other people said. And then he, he came, he finally came up with the uh, realization that he was already full of stories about himself and his own family's very strange and disorderly life. And that's what got him launched as a writer. I suspect a lot of us could find the same thing if we just uh, took the time and looked in and reflected on it. So in all of this, how long does it take for you to write an obituary that you publish in the Wall Street Journal? Uh, that depends. Uh, 
you know, occasionally uh, you get a chance to write, to interview somebody while they're still living. And then you might spend uh, many, many hours on that. Uh, sometimes you have to write very quickly because somebody famous has died and you don't have anything prepared. So you might spend an hour or two. That's not ideal. Uh, usually, I think I spend a couple of days on a story. And if somebody has written anything about his or her life, I always read that, all of it, if possible. Um, and if they've recorded an oral history, I listen to that. And I go back, read newspaper stories that are relevant. And I talk to friends and family members uh, about their memories. And I try to put it all together. So you're also a resource for people. They ought to buy the Wall Street Journal and read your columns on Saturday. They always appear on Saturday. You can find it in the middle of the first section, usually half a page. Uh, you yeah. Look like yeah, and usually they're about people you've never heard of. Uh, so I think it, it makes an important point that you don't have to be famous to have a good story. And the last thing that you learned along the way is about people who are optimists. Right. Um, you know, this should be pretty obvious, I guess, but uh, it really uh, is drilled into me and in doing so many of my obituaries that almost all very successful people seem to be optimistic. Uh, and you kind of have to be optimistic to motivate yourself. You know, if you think the world is coming to an end tomorrow, you're probably not going to bother getting out of bed. Uh, so I think that it, it's people who, you know, do not delude themselves and think that everything's perfect in the world, but who, who just have a faith in the world's ability to stumble on and in their own ability to cope with difficult situations who end up succeeding. Well, that's a great way to finish. We're out of time. So that's it until next week. Our guest has been James Haggerty, obituary writer for the Wall Street Journal. You can get a link to his book, Yours Truly, an obituary writer's to telling your story by going to the mentorsradio.com. You can also listen to this and past shows by going to the mentorsradio.com. And when you're there, make it easy for yourself. Subscribe to future shows. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back next weekend at this time for the next edition of the Mentors Radio. Until then, this is Tom Laurie signing off for today. Remember to be all that you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs>